Welcome into another episode of Houston We Have Prospects, your inside look at the Houston Astros minor league system. I'm Sam Levitt, a broadcaster for the Corpus Christi Hooks, the double-A team for the Astros. And it's always a busy time of year when you get to late June, early July. All-Star games the last couple of weeks, the double-A All-Star game was this week in Frisco, triple-A All-Star game a little bit later, and uh, always a busy time of year considering the trading deadline coming up and guys coming and going, as always, to all the different levels. A great show coming up. Uh, I'll be joined by Paul Braverman a little bit later, the director of media relations for the Fresno Grizzlies. We'll talk about some of the names that have made an impact on the big league level over the last couple of years and earlier this year with the Astros, and we'll also talk about what's going on at AAA, some guys that have risen through the system the last few years. But we start in the Midwest League at Quad Cities as one of the Quad Cities River Bandits broadcasters, Connor Onion, sat down with Forrest Whitley, a highly regarded right-hander in the Astros system, 17th overall pick in 2016, off to a great start in the Midwest League this year, a sub-3 ERA. He's been really impressive. And without further ado, Connor Onion with right-hander Forrest Whitley. All right, here on the Houston We Have Prospects podcast here in Quad Cities with uh, starting pitcher Forrest Whitley. Forrest, the uh, first-round pick of the Astros last year, went 17th overall. Here in his first full season in pro ball, Forrest, uh, in, in your first full season coming out of high school last year, what have you kind of taken away from a half season of pro ball so far? Well, it's it was definitely a season of adjustments. That was the, the first thing that I had, I had to go through was uh, all the adjustments with, uh, with the people I was around, playing every day. I'd say that was the biggest thing, and then... After that, obviously performing uh, to the best of my ability and, you know, to move forward in the organization. So I just say those things. We've seen here in, I guess, a half a season here for you so far, um, some outings where you have no-hit stuff and some outings where the ball gets hit a little bit harder. What's What's been the adjustment like for you as far as outing to outing, as far as kind of perfecting your craft here? You know, outing to outing, it's just I really haven't figured it out, and I guess it's just something I'm going to have to learn throughout the season. I mean, it's just... I'm getting more consistent with what I'm doing, but on those bad outings, I feel like it's important for me to take away uh, you know, what I was doing wrong. And I feel like I learn much more from those outings than the outings where I have no-hit stuff, and uh, I can just kind of blow hitters with what I have that night. I mean, last night was a good example. I mean, I thought, I thought last night was really good because I just I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything in the tank. I wasn't feeling that great, but I was able to get out of situations and you know, uh, limit the damage a little bit, so I thought, I thought that was huge for me. One of the things that scouts talked about when the Astros drafted you was how well you're able to repeat your delivery time and time again, especially out of the windup. And early in the season, we saw you with kind of a, a classic windup with nobody on base. And then last two outings, we've seen you kind of go out of the stretch a little bit. Why why'd you go with that adjustment? Well, it was just a comfort thing for me. I feel like I have a lot of moving parts. And I feel like just simplifying my delivery to just the stretch was just able to help me uh, get into a better position. Um, to throw more strikes, honestly, and uh, it's really uh, it's really helped my stuff and really helped me get uh, more down in the zone. Be able to throw my uh, off-speed pitches for strikes and get them down when I need to uh, get them down. But you know, it's just it was just all about simplifying for me there. Outside of pitching and outside of baseball as a whole, as a 19-year-old guy, what's been the biggest personal adjustment for you being away from home and being here in Quad Cities? Uh, I mean, biggest personal adjustment obviously would just be away from the family. You know. I'd, 
going out of high school, you're there for the first 18 years of your life, and then you're not there. So you really have don't have that adjustment like most of the college guys do, where they're already away from home for three years, and they can come here and you know they're they're pretty accustomed to being not home. So I'd say that would be the biggest thing. And then the next thing would just be uh, getting into my Latin Latin culture, and it was uh, it was nice, you know, growing up in San Antonio and being able to learn Spanish at an early age, so it's easier to communicate with them. But I say that would be the next thing, just uh, kind of embracing their culture and you know understanding. Uh, they're in a completely different country, you know, some things are different, so just kind of embracing that. We've, we've talked before about your, your Spanish upbringing and being bilingual as a young guy, but for those that are listening for the first time, haven't heard you speak, how did you learn both languages growing up? So when I was uh, in first grade going to elementary school, my parents enrolled me in a Spanish immersion program. So what that means is first through fifth grade, everything I learned was in, uh, was in Spanish, like math, science, social studies, and then there was obviously an English portion of that as well. And then when I got to junior school, like half my classes were in Spanish, the science and social studies were. And then when I got to high school, uh, I just took the regular Spanish classes. Um, and you know, at the time I really didn't think much of it, but uh, first year in pro ball, awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that helps with a bunch of Latin guys here in the uh, Quad Cities especially. Here with Forrest Whitley, pitcher for the River Bandits here in the Astros organization on the Houston We Have Prospects podcast. Connor Onion sitting down here fieldside with Forrest. Uh, Forrest, after being picked in the first round and you know having a lot of accolades as far as playing in All-American games and showcases and stuff like that in high school, how have you been able to keep yourself motivated so that you can continue to see strides in your pitching? I mean, the biggest motivator is getting to the big leagues, and I feel like that should that should be everyone's mindset. You know, you're you're getting a step closer with every good good outing you have, and even bad ones, since you're learning from it. So that's just the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people uh, listening down in Corpus Christi um, and throughout the Astros organization as fans, but specifically for those in Texas, being a Texas guy yourself and in San Antonio, what was kind of the best part or maybe the most advantageous part of growing up in a state with such great baseball culture? culture? Well, you know, the baseball in Texas is one of the best in the United States, so uh, just being in a competitive atmosphere at such a young age really helped me out. Um, and then once I got into high school and started facing more competitive guys, you kind of see, like, you know, 20% of those guys are from Texas, and it you know, really makes you feel good about, like, where you're from. And it's just, it's just a really cool thing to see from the outside now that, you know, you're not living there. Um, you know, just thought that, that, that that's really cool. You talked about some of the adjustments you've had to make throughout the season, and to kind of tie a bow on that, looking ahead to the second half of the season here in Quad Cities, what are some of those adjustments and some of the goals that you've set for yourself to, to keep pushing forward? Well, you know, like all my outings, even the good ones, I'm throwing a lot of pitches. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not putting guys away in no two, one, two counts, and that's just kind of my goal going forward in the second half, just putting guys away in four, four pitches. Doesn't have to be a strikeout, just, you know, getting them out, and, uh, getting out an inning with 15 or less pitches so I can, you know, go deeper in a game and not be out of the game in four innings. So, you know, that's just going to be the biggest adjustment for me going forward. Well, Forrest, thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, no problem. That was Forrest Whitley, starting pitcher for the River Bandits here in the Houston Astros system. On the Houston, we have Prospects podcast. Great stuff there with the Astros' first-round pick in 2016, Forrest Whitley. And again, a big thank you uh, to Connor Onion at Quad Cities for getting that together. Now we move along and go a bit higher to the AAA level as I had a conversation with Paul Braverman, the Director of Media Relations for the AAA Fresno Grizzlies. Great chat here about a number of different things, and let's get to it. 
Paul, first, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Fresno has had a bit of an up-and-down start to the year in the first half, but you guys have been really good offensively from the get-go. Most home runs in minor league baseball as of late June. What's been so good about this team offensively? Well, I think we expected the lineup to live up to the hype it generated in spring training when you saw you know, how many guys with major league time were going to start the year in AAA, significant major league time from last year, whether it's Tyler White, Tyoscar Hernandez, A.J. Reed, and there are others, guys who all played 40 or 50 games in the big leagues last season. And, you know, a couple nights ago, we had a starting lineup, including guys like Reed Brignac, who was a minor league free agent. Uh, we, had a, we had a batting order where every single guy played in the big leagues last season. So that, that, even in AAA, where most guys have had at least a taste of the major leagues, you know, at least your 40-man guys, that, that's still pretty rare. So, I mean, the, the lineup was expected to perform like this. Obviously, in the PCL, you expect home runs, but I think even at that, it has exceeded our expectations. To be the first team in minor league baseball to 100 home runs, is uh, is a big accomplishment, and the pitching is, is starting to settle down. Uh, you know, we, we did not have success with the starting pitching at the beginning of the year, but we got Mike Hoschild back from a Rule 5 with the Texas Rangers. Uh, Paulino and Martez started to round into form after slow starts to their years, and now as the rotation in Houston gets healthy, right. you know, I think we'll have a pretty good chance of getting both of those guys back. So that'll kind of help balance out uh, the lineup we have to make sure we're not scoring, you know, seven or eight runs and losing a game because uh, we're averaging six runs a game right now, which is uh, which is an amazing feeling coming to the ballpark every day, knowing that your offense is gonna is gonna put you into in a position to win, even though we are around the 500 mark. So, um, you know, the, the ballpark in Fresno here plays pretty fairly, I think. Sacramento and Fresno, as you get to the western throws of the uh, PCL, uh, plays a little more fairly. It plays closer to an Iowa and an Omaha on the other side of the league where the offensive numbers might not be inflated. You know, we had a 11-game road trip, which the last seven were in El Paso and Albuquerque. And in those 11 games, we hit uh, 31 home runs. So <laughs> the, the thin air of El Paso and Albuquerque definitely pushed us uh, over the top to be the first team to do 100 homers in, in minor league baseball. However, uh, the bulk of that, you know, have been in the fairer ballparks and in Fresno as we had a lot of home games to start the season. So I, I think uh, our, our guys in our, in our batting order get the lion's share of the credit. You can only attribute so much to the, uh, to the PCL to do. It's a factor, but sometimes I think it gets a little overblown and it can take away from a, a team that's really swinging the bat well. You mentioned that there are so many guys in that Fresno lineup who have big league experience, and now one of those guys is Derek Fisher, who before getting his call-up to the Astros was quite simply a, one of the better players in the PCL. Paul, you've had a chance to watch this guy every day. He's had an unbelievable season at AAA. What stands out about Derek Fisher? Uh, what stands out about Derek Fisher is, uh, I call him this year's Alex Bregman. Uh, they play different positions. Uh, their facial hair is a little different. But uh, when it comes to the way they carry themselves and how comfortable they looked in AAA from the beginning, uh, it was really like watching a replay of the three or so weeks that Alex Bregman spent here because 
you know, that you, you look at what their batting averages were in Corpus Christie, both guys, and you know they got to Triple A and their averages went up, which I think is the ultimate mark of, of a of a major league ready player when when they jump from Double A to Triple A and the average goes up by twenty or thirty points because that tells you that there are guys who know how to hit strikes that the minute the ball is around the plate more with higher level pitching they they just take off and you know the, the Texas League. It's kind of the inverse of the PCL. It can be uh, it's, it's thick air, bigger ballparks. It can be a little more pitcher friendly. So, you know, the, some of the guys that come up swinging the bat from that league might surprise you. But, you know, when the balls are on the plate, uh, guys, guys that are truly the top elite level prospects are more comfortable. And hence the, the you know, I think it, Fisher was at 245 in his in, at Double A and last season and. Nobody hardly panicked because he came up here and hit 290, and it was obvious that he was well on his way and got got off to a great start this year. But um, Fisher's just a uh, he's a confident guy. You know, I, I'm going to make another Bregman comparison. They're they're confident without being overly cocky and being a bad teammate. Right. They they know what they can do on the field. They they carry themselves. With, with an air of confidence, knowing that they're going to be successful, but they don't offend the opposing pitcher. They don't make it all about themselves. They don't have an air of selfishness to them, and they're, and they're popular in the locker room. So, uh, you know, Fisher, I think he was the best all-around player in AAA. Now, after a, a taste of the big leagues, a couple home runs in five games, uh, he's going to come back, and, you know, there's no reason to think he won't. He won't pick off, uh, pick up where he left off. Uh, you know, I think five tools is applicable with him. Uh, I think he was 11 for 11 in stolen bases in spring training. Uh, he's a good base runner. He obviously hits for power. You know, he's just behind J.D. Davis for the Astros minor league lead in home runs, which, um, you know, he, he they had a few had a week in the big league, so I'll have to catch up to him again. But uh, he'd be in the top five in the PCL and minor league baseball overall in home runs. So, I mean, he he puts up all the numbers that are easy to look up, but being around him on a daily basis, he, he's definitely a guy with the intangibles. I mean, we have veteran players, AAA veterans on this team, six-year free agents and alike, who are hanging around Derek Fisher because, you know, he's mature beyond his years and he's a good teammate. We have younger guys who Fisher is ahead of, you know, in the organization as a prospect who are around Derek Fisher because he's he's not a guy to, you know, make it all about himself. And, you know, the thing I love this year about our team is we've had a handful of guys get their first opportunity in big leagues, and when that happens, it's a clubhouse event. Uh, you know, when Jordan Jankowski got called up to the majors, he got mobbed by his by his teammates in celebration. A part of that mob were guys that could have made the case to go up instead. But, you know, they might have been frustrated. Everybody wants to be in the big leagues and is waiting for an opportunity, but they were happy for Jankowski. In Albuquerque, when Fisher got called up, they mobbed him. Uh, there are certainly major league outfielders in our clubhouse, Tony Kemp and Preston Tucker and Teoscar Hernandez, but they were happy for Fisher, even though you know, it meant them making a minor league salary still, and, you know, they saw somebody move in front of them in, in the pecking order. And I really think that's, that really shows what 
what we're about, not only with the Fresno Grizzlies, but with the Houston Astros. I think it just demonstrates who we are and, and what we're about. I mean, obviously you guys in Corpus Christi with your, with your business relationship with the Astros and being, being closer to Texas, you're, you're around the organization a little more just proximity wise than us. But, you know, the Astros, when they came into Fresno said that, you know, you guys are now part of the Astros family and, that, and that's what it feels like. And I think, you know, here in Fresno locally, we, we have the right attitude. We know that we're here to help guys get to the big leagues and entertain. And, you know, the, the way our players have reacted on a whole to good news for other guys, often at the expense of themselves, kind of really, really shows what this organization is about and the, the kind of guys, you know, Jeff Luno wanted in this clubhouse when he took over and when, when Mr. Crane bought the team. I think, you know, their plan is exactly what they envisioned with the, the kind of players and, and the kind of human beings that, that, that they employ. I think it's really interesting also, Paul, because with the Astros being so good in the early part of this season at the major league level, it means that from AA to AAA, you have sort of a logjam. You could argue there are some guys uh, down here in Corpus Christi who uh, maybe in some other organizations would be at AAA already. Same thing when you look at, you know, the Tony Kemps and uh, the Teoscar Hernandez is like you were saying just a moment ago, guys that maybe with some other teams uh, would be at the big league level at more of a consistent basis right now. But uh, with a team in the Astros that's playing so well, so many great young players, young stars uh, coming up, you, you kind of have a log jam there, no? Yeah, I think J.D. Davis is the absolute poster child for that. I mean, with the, with the spring training that that guy had uh, in big league spring training, uh, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, we have Colin Moran down here in Triple A. And, you know, he's got 16 home runs. Every home run he hits extends, you know, that ties Fisher uh, for, for the club lead. Um, every home run he hits extends his career high because last year was the first year he got to 10. And, you know, that was in 117 games, and he had 11 by 48 or 49 games this year. And you know, our coaches said all last year, once Moran unlocks the power, you know, look out because it's in there. He just hasn't found it right. yet. Well, he, he's found it in a major way now. Then you've got a guy, J.D. Davis, who I think it's fair to say in about 28 other organizations would be in AAA, and he might even be in the big leagues and some. And he's in AA here by no fault of his own. It's just a depth issue because, sure. you know, you've got Alex Bregman uh, and Marwin Gonzalez, who can also play third base in the big leagues. You've got Moran here. Tyler White plays some third base. I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches. At, at corner infield at first and third for this organization with, you know, D.A.J. Reeds and John Singletons and uh, all these guys who have major league time. And obviously they signed Gurriel, uh, which, which just really put their lineup over the top up there, which, which kept some guys, you know, blocked at first base. So it's, it's an amazing embarrassment of riches at the corners. And, you know, there's no question that, you know, you look at the Kemps and the Hernandezes, guys who would probably be fourth outfielders at minimum and, and other organizations in the major leagues and, you know, are still waiting for their first full-time big league opportunity here with the Astros. And, you know, maybe eventually they'll hit free agency and find that in another organization. That, of course, happens, uh, you know, especially after the Reddicks and the Iokis get signed to really fine-tune Houston's lineup for a, for a run at the World Series. But, you know, going back to what I said earlier about guys being happy for other guys when they – when they get their first big league experience and it's not a, 
a selfish clubhouse where guys are openly questioning, you know, why am I not getting called up? You know, that's kind of stuff happens in AAA, but here guys keep those conversations private. They keep it with family or with their agents and they're happy for other guys. And just the same, you know, guys like Kemp and Hernandez who come here every day with a great attitude, despite not being in the big leagues when they could easily look at another roster in the majors and say, wow, if I was there, I'd, I'd be up. You know, they understand that Houston is going for a World Series and yeah. is not going to settle for anything less. And, you know, that that kind of attitude to stay motivated and stay happy in AAA, you know, again, I just really think it speaks to the kind of organization that, that Houston aimed to put together and what, what they ultimately did. So uh, it's, it's fun to come to the ballpark every day knowing that you're not going to have to deal with, you know, PCL pout, as they call it. You know, guys who are going to, you know, say out loud that if it weren't for this, this, and this, then, you know, I'd be in the big leagues. But, you know, that's that's really not what we're about. And, you know, the trade deadline is coming. And, you know, maybe if the Astros pick up a starting pitcher, it could spell a new opportunity for somebody. And, you know, I honestly, I hope to see J.D. Davis here soon. <laughs> you know, somehow, some way, whether Colin Moran gets an opportunity in the majors, you know, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but if there's an injury, you know, that could set some things in motion. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just silly that J.D. Davis is in double A, uh, but that just speaks to the, the depth the Astros have. Sure. And um, I, I'm sure he realizes that it's just a, a roster manipulation and numbers game because he, he's, he's a great player. There's no doubt that the depth between double A and the big leagues, uh, although it might be a little bit frustrating for some guys in, in some ways, uh, it's a good problem to have if you're the Astros, and it means uh, that the Astros are having a great year, uh, which they are. Before I let you go, Paul, one final question for you. Is there anybody on that Fresno roster right now, whether uh, they're offensive players or a pitcher, who maybe is not on the radar as much as he should be right now? Uh, Trent Thornton. Uh, he's a guy who got moved up to Fresno because we were struggling a little bit with our starting rotation early in the year. I think he's a guy who coming into this year, maybe the plan for him was to do a full double a season. Uh, I think he arrived in triple a, maybe a season or a half season early, but he does not look out of place. Uh, a lot of times when guys come to triple a from double a, they're trying to get guys out with all fastballs because it worked in double a and they didn't see some of the, major league experienced hitters yet but that's not Trent Thornton he mixes it up uh, he's got a great hitch in his delivery that makes the ball very difficult to see out of his hand and it's his third professional year and I mean it's not like he was an unknown you know he played at UNC and was you know one of the best programs a perennial winner and was a fifth round pick so you know he was a blue chip prospect you know coming out of college so he's not an unknown but he's still in just his third pro season and he he has fit in. Uh, he has looked the most comfortable in AAA, probably more than any any guy we've gotten from from Corpus Christi this season. So, you know, he, he's a guy where you look at his ERA; it's in the mid fours. I think you can attribute probably a run of that to your typical PCL um, offensive inflation. So, you know, you see him on the mound, and he looks more like a guy with an ERA in the mid threes, just a solid kind of middle of the rotation guy in Triple A. And uh, I think if there's a guy not in the Houston MLB pipeline top 30, not on Baseball America's radar, that is going to make that leap 
the rest of this season and over the off season and be a little more on the radar and in major league camp next year. I, I think Trent Thornton would be that guy. He just, um, you know, he, he like Fisher is kind of mature beyond what the back of his baseball card says. Right. Uh, and he, he, I think was moved up to Fresno out of necessity. Um, I think they would have liked to seen him in a full double A season this year, but, uh, the level in competition doesn't appear to be stunting uh, his development at all. So he, he's a guy that I'm always excited to, to watch pitch when it's his turn. Uh, he's got good stuff, but he deals with trouble well. He's, he's very good with guys on base when he does hit some adversity. And um, I, I don't know, I just love his motion, and he just uh, you know attacks the hitters and isn't afraid to pitch inside, and, uh, and he's, he's getting some big league, big league guys out of here. All right, Paul, thanks so much. Great insight into the AAA Fresno Grizzlies. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. That'll do it for this edition of Houston We Have Prospects. As always, if you have any ideas or any players that you want to hear from in the future, please let me know. You can always tweet at me at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.